0: To Next Women Generation. Today we have a young woman from Azerbaijan with us. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How are you? I am fine, thank you. How are you, Suzuki? I am good, thank you and thank you so much for your time joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting
1: for your great project. It's a huge pleasure and honor for me to be a part of your initiative.
0: Oh, You're welcome, you are such a wonderful young woman. You are a social entrepreneur and this is the morning time in Azerbaijan, so tell me how you start your day. Uh, thank you for this question
1: actually i wake up at uh, 7 a.m and i'm looking through my plans i'm meditating i'm dancing in order to get some positive emotions some positive mood to spread it around the people i'm working with with my family members and also i am preparing my healthy breakfast it's like a bowl uh, of granola with dry fruits with um, vegan milk so i became a vegetarian so i'm very uh, sensitive for healthy lifestyle for healthy uh, food and I also believe that healthy lifestyle is a crucial part of the life of uh, any successful entrepreneur so I'm starting mainly my day from meditation from dances from healthy food from looking through at my plans and from communication with my team members and now I'm just having a wonderful conversation with you and thank you so much for this great opportunity.
0: Oh well, thank you. Such a great honor for us to have you with us today. Um, you are founder of a social enterprise, Buta um, Art and Sweet, in Azerbaijan, so can you share the story behind um, your social enterprise? Um, thank you for the question. Actually, I started Butto
1: Arden Suits in three years ago when I was just 20 years old. I was a graduate of Azerbaijan Tourism and Management University of the Speciality of Tourism and Hospitality. And since the first year of my bachelor degree uh, education, I was very much interested in social entrepreneurship. I was researching different cases of social enterprises, social responsibility projects of worldwide companies. And it was so much important for me to bring this uh, sphere, to bring this business model to Azerbaijan. Since the age of 16, I was a volunteer for different social projects, for different international programs. And uh, until the age of 20, when I was already graduate of my university, I was already involved in uh, tourism companies, in hotels, in hostels, as a tour guide, as an event manager. So I tried almost all sides of tourism industry with commercial purposes. And I understood that uh, commercial purposes, it's not aligned with my personal uh, values and I decided to bring the social value in anything I would like to do uh, in my job. And after researching different cases of social enterprises, after participating in different international projects in more than 15 countries during my bachelor degree education, already at the age of 20, with 85 euros of my personal budget, I decided to launch Buta Art and Sweets social enterprise with a mission to reduce unemployment problem of local women with special needs. So there are more than 290,000 of women with special needs in Azerbaijan, and 95% of them are. Unemployed. So this statistic is very sad and I just decided to change it uh, through small steps with a very limited budget, having no experience in business management, having no skills, having no connections and I just was very into enthusiastic, I was very passionate to change the situation.
0: So you just mentioned that your social enterprise focus on women with special needs. So why do you focus on women with special needs?
1: Why I focused on women with special needs? Because women, in most of cases, yes, there are a lot of opportunities for employment and education for women in big cities, but not for rural regions. Until now, just because of mentality, because of psychology, because of some religions, documents, uh, girls and women, they cannot get an access and enough opportunities for education and employment. And plus, women with special needs, with disabilities, they also are deprived from those opportunities just because they have different appearance, people they just focus on their weaknesses, they are not focusing on their strengths, they don't want to communicate with them and It was very sad for me to see those situations since childhood and it was very important for me to give a chance for those women to be integrated to society, to be a part of one very important process where they could feel themselves as a usual um, entrepreneurs who are producing uh, wonderful sweets. So we are selling the sweets to different companies and organizations, and we couldn't even imagine that it would be successful. Because when I started the social enterprise, my family members they have been against. They told me that it will be never successful because social entrepreneurship is quite new industry, and our people they have stereotypes that if a uh, person with disability prepares a handmade product, it can never be of high quality. So for me, one of the also most important challenges uh, is to change the mindsets of locals about products, about handmade products of people with special needs, yeah.
0: Um, I am wondering how religions and social perception and society um, affect women with special needs? Thank you so much. Uh, actually, I would tell
1: you that we are post-Soviet Union country, and uh, when we have been a part of Soviet Union, the government of Soviet Union uh, it was against of integrating people with disabilities, people with special needs to the society. So even there have been some very hard times, uh, historical processes that when government they even included some repressions, special repressions processes against those people because they wanted just to see healthy people in the nation and they didn't want to see any other diseases or any other, uh, I don't know something different in the appearances of people or in their mindsets. So it affected a lot on the psychology psychology of local people in Azerbaijan. So we have been 70 years um, as a colony of Soviet Union, so we have been dependent on Russian government, including fifteen other fifteen countries generally. So, but before Soviet Union came uh, to rule Azerbaijan, historically, we have been. Uh, we have been like as a democratic republic we have been just independent for almost two years but before we have been uh, like divided uh, for um, two different you know small governments so they have been called as Hanlug uh, and uh, those Hanlugs like small like governments small like ruling uh, places and communities they have been divided also in different regions and religion was the top so in ruling those uh, places, in ruling those communities. Religion was very important factor in uh, public opinions pressure, in shaping our behavior, in building relationships between uh, um, our parents, between partners in your family, between your colleagues, between your friends And religion, uh, we have been a Muslim already since 12th century and just because Like Islam was uh, spreaded with completely different messages, people understood it in a wrong way and they uh, used all methodologies in order to deprive women from different opportunities. So if we will compare medieval Islam period in Azerbaijan and current situation in Azerbaijan, of course the time of medieval Islam was completely different and it was it was giving for women much more opportunities for empowerment and women could even rule the whole country but for now just because uh, the Islam was delivered with completely different messages and uneducated people after collapse of Soviet Union, when they have been a transition to completely different economy and people, they lost access to education, to high quality education, they lost access to following the trends of capitalism in 21st century. So we didn't have any technological innovations. Our country was, you know, divided by different political parties and they have been fighting with other other and no one cared about educating people in communities literacy rate and education rate in Soviet Union was much more higher than today because the government was much more interested in raising educated professionals and experts almost and uh, not almost yeah everyone in Azerbaijan had an access to free education high quality education both in secondary school both in high uh, higher education institutions so Every girl in every rural region was forced to go to the school just because the government was interested in that. And there have been no allowance for spreading up the religion because atheism was the main ideology of Soviet Union's governmental regime. And that's why it affected positively on education rate of our people and there have been no actually so much um, limitations for women to get an access. Even women with special needs, they could have a lot of opportunities for getting vocational education. But when uh, uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, it was in 1990s, when there have been a transition to a uh, completely different economy, to completely new era for our country, when we gained those independence through different wars, we well, they have war conflict with uh, our neighboring country, Armenia, and uh, 20% of our lands it has be, have been uh, occupied by neighboring countries and a lot of women, a lot of men they have been uh, you know, they have been they suffered a lot from this war and a lot of also people with special needs they got these traumas on their bodies on you know, their mindset, on their psychology uh, after this war so it also affected a lot on the situation in our country If we are talking about religious dogmas, religion tells that People with special needs, they don't need to work. Almost everyone in our country should give them money, should give them food products, should care about them, should support them. So our religion dogmas for now in Azerbaijan, they put uh, as a psychology, as a mindset for our locals that those people should never work. They should, shouldn't should leave their houses. They should only seat They are very special for us. And they also always need the help of others. So everyone has a responsibility to support people even if they don't need our help and support. So this wrong like mindset, wrong psychology, it led to, you know, being dependent on those people from others. So this this psychological moment was very important to understand also for government, for social entrepreneurship, uh, for social entrepreneurs, for business uh, sector representatives, that if we want to have a strong community, we should include everyone in employment and education. We shouldn't leave anyone and we should yes of course we can respect some religious beliefs of our community members but we shouldn't leave behind someone in their houses everyone should be involved in employment because only by giving educational and employment opportunities to everyone we can achieve a strong community a strong society and of course a strong economy as a country and this religion dogmas about women especially that they should only sit at their houses they shouldn't go to the work they should be dependent on their husbands, on the uh, sons or daughters, on the family members. It also led uh, to changing the mindset of those women who even wanted to work and who wanted also to be educated. But just because family members didn't allow that, it was also a huge challenge for us to include those women in our project. Yeah.
0: So, you mentioned earlier that your family told you that you won't be able to succeed because you work with women um, with special needs. And I'm wondering how do you convince your family to believe in what you are doing? Uh, thank you so much for this wonderful question,
1: actually I believe that if you can convince your family members in running your business and being successful, I think you can convince anyone, any customer, any stakeholder, any investor in pitching your idea, because especially in Azerbaijan, in a very traditional communities, when I'm coming from, I'm not from Baku, the capital city, I am from a small city called Sumgayit, which is near to Baku, but people are quite conservative here and they are not so much open to innovations. they don't uh, appreciate when women they want to build their own startups, their own businesses and it was also the same with my father and mother. They didn't support me because the Soviet Union psychology told that after graduating university I should go to public sector, to private sector, to work at the office, to have a stable salary and just to work from nine to six and that's all and that would fulfill the expectations about about a successful life. But, uh... Yeah, It was very really quite uh, you know, challenging times because when you are starting your business, when you are alone, when no one supports you and when you find you are involved in finding beneficiaries, women with special needs to different organizations, when you are uh, giving those products, the handmade products for free to try to different companies and organizations in order to build some partnerships for sales. You know, I was doing that alone and no one supported me at the beginning of this journey because they didn't believe in this idea and I was quite, it was quite understandable because it's, it has never happened in our country, such kind of uh, initiatives. And, um, my parents every single day they told me that you will never achieve your goals in social entrepreneurship it will never be successful and every day I was fighting them every day I had emotional conflicts with them and sometimes the whole night I was crying a lot just because I, I couldn't even focus on my work because of these emotional challenges, psychological moments. So, but it was a great motivation for me to achieve results. So I was also promising uh, those women and the husbands that those women will work from their houses they will sell the sweets to us and we will organize those uh, selling to different companies and organizations. And after all already gaining the first income from the sales of the sweets, they started to believe too much more in this idea. So it was also the same with my family members. They saw that I could be also independent, I could, uh, you know, mm, uh, cover my all expenses, I was all of the financial independence through this project, I could also support others and when media channels have been interested in spreading up about this project, when international platforms they have been so much supported about our initiative my family members, they started to agree with me and they already didn't tell me anything negative about my entrepreneurship journey. And then also we gained some local and international awards. They already saw that if someone is giving award for this initiative, that means that if even we cannot understand the concept of social entrepreneurship but there is something in that so that other people can appreciate it. So I think uh, they convinced the main factor in convincing my parents was introducing them the real results they saw that it's successful in Azerbaijan they saw that it's popular in other countries and they also saw that local governmental institutions they started to talk about it through media channels they started to express their appreciation and gratitude for this initiative we started to launch partnerships with governmental institutions and when they saw these partnerships when they saw that we are going catering services of the suites for high-level presidential events in Azerbaijan my mother and father they just told me that thank you so much for not listening to us you followed your dream despite all psychological challenges and you also proved to us that uh, despite all challenges if a person is passionate about the vision he or she has he can implement our goals he can achieve all goals even in united states even in azerbaijan even in kenya even in any other countries so it all depends on the passion of person has because if you have you if you have the passion people will see this passion, they will feel this passion and if you can introduce the real results, that is the best way to convince and persuade people. It was also the same about communication with CEOs who are the males, uh, 45 years uh, old and uh, young women are not perceived. Traditionally, in our communities very seriously who want to be entrepreneurs. So it was a huge challenge also for me to talk with those CEOs of companies in order to persuade them to purchase our products. They didn't care about us from the first sight and they just thought that I am a usual young person who wants just to get some sponsorship from them, some grants from them in order to implement some social projects. But then I started to talk with a self-confidence, with a belief to do these results. And I had a responsibility in front of our women. I promised them that they will have real results. So despite all answers of no's, uh, all rejections, all denials... I was knocking the doors of those companies because I knew that I should do that so I couldn't accept the answer of no because there have been no other way to persuade my family members to persuade husbands of those women so I think real results of your initiative of your impact is the most important factor in convincing your community
0: So what approach do you use to change the perceptions of your community on the quality of handmade products made by women with special needs?
1: Uh, firstly, um, is introducing the real results of uh, changing lifestyles of our women. So we use storytelling in our social media channels, in different interne- inter- internet channels, when we introduce uh, interviews about our social project, social business project. And when people they saw the real results, that if I'm a customer, for example, I'm buying some sweets from those uh, so, from that social enterprise, I know exactly where those money is going. I know that it's going uh, for this woman. It's also going for our team members in not to cover all expenses. We uh, organize different, uh, you know, videos of introduction of those woman to the community. So. It was so much important to introduce the concept of social entrepreneurship and butter art and sweets through words, through speech of our woman. So there is, uh, yes, there is a huge difference in introduction of social messages through stories to your audience. Of course, I can talk about it endlessly. How it's wonderful, how it's amazing. Of course, I am the founder. I will talk mainly about positive things, and it's normal. It's it's done by all entrepreneurs. But people they don't believe only in success stories they don't only believe in the words of entrepreneurs who created this project for us it was very important to share the real phase of social entrepreneurship through words of our women. So when we introduced the videos, video campaigns of women we are working with, uh, they also talked about challenges, they also talked about failures, they also talked about our mistakes, they also talked about our success stories, they expressed their real emotions which can never be bought with any money. So, we didn't hire anyone I don't know any actor in order to express I don't know in the videos our success stories because people wouldn't believe in that and for us the honesty and transparency was the most important thing in our success stories and I think why we became successful in Azerbaijan where since 19 the NGO sector civil society sector was collapsed Uh, not because of lack of foundations because of donors but because of attitudes of local just to take the grants in their own favor, not for the favor of beneficiaries of projects. It was so much important for us to gain this trust through high-quality products we are providing for our customers. And the second one, from real stories of women. So those customers, while buying uh, the um products suites according even to the needs and wants they know exactly what is the story behind of those um, sweets and we use storytelling, we use organization of different meetings with our women, so we organize different master classes and training sessions for our women and we introduce it also to our audience that when you are buying those products from us, you are not only supporting the financial independence of the women, but you are also supporting uh, raising the education level of those women, so we organized from our budget free educational opportunities for our women in order to increase and the capacities so uh, we used transparent approaches we have been very open about everything even during covid crisis we have been talking very openly and sincerely that uh, we transformed our menu to vegan products just because the events they have been cancelled in our country in our country during pandemic and our main clients they have been event managers so we changed our approach in order to organize some sales of the suites not as big as it was before pandemic but we are changing we are trying and we are always sincere with our audience and I w- I will um, tell you that when you are sincere with your customers when you are sincere with your team members um, everyone will be uh, involved in creating your success story I think transparency being open, being honest, not hiding failures, mistakes and challenges, not only sharing success stories, it brings you much more motivation and also it brings you much more power uh, to create a strong community in your country. I think that's why actually we became so strong in social entrepreneurship field in Azerbaijan, because we could build this trust and we could also be a role model for other social enterprises too.
0: thank you for sharing that that is very beautiful story um you just mentioned that at the early stage of buta art and suite you have been through mental health um, challenges so how do you cope with that it's
1: very important question and i think uh, it's uh, one of the biggest challenges of all entrepreneurs especially when they are starting and especially when they are growing their businesses it's about mental health mental health especially the Covid crisis became uh, the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs, for social entrepreneurs. We have the responsibility in front of our team members and we are always thinking about how we can manage those processes because we are taking the whole responsibility of those businesses on our shoulders. And especially at the beginning when I was fighting actually with my family members, i was uh, just communicating with psychologists i was communicating with my ne- uh, dear friends who just listened to me who didn't judge anything that i have told they just listened and they just uh, wanted to support me with everything they could so when i told that no one supported me at the beginning it was actually in terms of you know building this social enterprise i was alone and then after sharing our real results other people my friends they joined me to support my social enterprise our social enterprise but when i was sharing my negative moments, psychological challenges with psychologists, with uh, my uh, friends they just listened and i was just feeling much more easier it was much more comfortable for me all the share my emotions. I think sharing your emotions is very important because when you are hiding all emotions in yourself you already lose the sense of feeling something and when you are hiding everything, when you cannot express your emotions, I think uh, it also damages your physical health as well. And also how I uh, could uh, manage all the things. It's a complex, of course, work. I cannot tell you that. I did it and that's all. It's still a process. It's, I think, a lifelong process. I'm just using meditation methodology every morning. I'm dancing because I know dancing brings me uh, very positive emotions and I want to have these positive emotions in my life and when whenever I'm feeling uh, sad, whenever I'm feeling depressed because of life challenges, because of entrepreneurship challenges, I'm just starting to dance in my house and I already forget about the challenges for a while and I'm starting to be focused much more on the solutions and I'm starting to think positively, so I think it's very important to know yourself firstly, what impacts on you positively, to know it, to write, to note it for yourself and to use those um, activities in your daily life much more often because our brain unfortunately is much more focused on negative things and whenever negative happens in our lives our brain switches very fastly very quickly to these negative moments and our body is already very depressed we are depressed and we love to be depressed so it requires a special power to think positively and to use the special activities in order to increase the positive vibes in your brain of course it's okay not to be okay because we are we are all people, we are humans, we are not robots. We should have also negative emotions because without expressing your negative emotions, without feeling negative emotions, you can never appreciate something positive in your life. So, I just started to use those negative emotions as a special tool for transforming them in the positive mindset. For example, if my parents they are against of me, they are creating psychological challenges in creating my social enterprise, I just switched these negative thoughts uh, in my brain as a motivation for me to work harder in order to gain results. So it was as a drive. So those fears, those negative challenges, they have been as a drive for me to create results and opportunities for myself. Of course it's also about healthy lifestyle, healthy food. I was just starting to think about it recently and I'm very grateful to Covid crisis. I was uh, starting to prepare, to prepare myself at my own house and I started to focus much more on healthy food and it was also very important for me to keep this positive mood because I also believe that healthy food is very important. And Uh, Of course, communication with positive people, with like-minded people who have the same values as you, it's also very important in managing your mental health problems. Because whenever you are talking with people who are always complaining, who are always talking about negative problems, we are all people we all have these negative problems but when we face or meet people who are always complaining about their lives I think we should keep the distance and I think we should be a part of them as a the negative energy can also damage our positive energy I strongly believe in energy and I strongly believe that whenever we are doing something good during the day for people for supporting other people it also turns as a huge gift as a positive energy to us so which approaches i use generally as a conclusion is meditation dances healthy lifestyle it's about healthy food walking uh, and sometimes i'm going uh, to the seashore in order to meditate um, with the voices of uh, sea waves so I'm, re- I'm very lucky that we are living on the seashore and uh, that that's also very important for me to use this opportunity and also communication with like-minded people with the same values so i think our uh, networks our uh, environment it shapes us a lot despite being strong despite having internal locus of control inner strengths environment it really impacts on us so it's also very important in managing mental health services also to choose the right people around you
0: Yes, I agree. It is really important to surround yourself by people who truly love you and support you during your tough time. Um, now, I would like to ask you about another initiative that you just founded three months ago to develop critical thinking skills of young people in Azerbaijan, which is called Befikan Kitab. Do I pronounce it correctly? Yes, uh, in Azerbaijan it's called Birfinjan uh,
1: Birfinjan Kitab it's a uh, new initiative uh, created during COVID crisis when we saw that a lot of young people they are accepting this information through different media channels very easily, they don't filter them, they are not uh, making doubts about it and it was a huge uh, you know, surprise for me that why young people are not in Interested in researching those informations, uh, those news, and so on. And I decided to launch this um, project in order to develop the critical thinking skills through discussions of different books. Because I strongly believe that book reading it impacts on on us very um, strongly about shaping our mindset, about uh, shaping our, uh, you know, uh, horizons, understanding about the world, understanding about the people and also develop our critical thinking because through books we can uh, have an access to different viewpoints to different uh, views on uh, situations by different people and when different people they are sharing completely different views on the same topic when we are experiencing this difference this diversity actually we can um, develop ourselves, we can be much more open-minded. And it was very important for me to bring this mindset for our young people through book discussions. We open a, tele- a Telegram channel in local language. We are uploading different electronic books. And recently we started a small initiative in frames of Birfin can Kitab. Uh, it's translated as a one cup of book. So A lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues, they told that they loved this name so much. They couldn't even imagine that one cup, it can be associated with a book. So it was very hard to imagine. But when they saw this connection, they loved it a lot. And I'm very happy that people, they appreciate our efforts. And we upload those electronic books. We are organized. We during COVID crisis we organized on Zoom book discussions. It wasn't the same quality as we wanted because offline book discussions are much more interesting and effective and productive. And recently we launched a special initiative about improving English language English language skills through um, discussions of nonfiction books. And uh, we already launched our first event in one art center where through games through energizers through ice breaking activities we could also create a special networking environment for people through from different backgrounds so It's a new initiative and now we have more than 200 members. I think we will achieve thousands in the next months and I hope we will continue our useful activities for young people with this initiative as well.
0: Wow, this is wonderful! You just started three months ago and then now you have um, 200 members. So how do you reach out to young people? Thank you. Actually, we are using different channels
1: for uh, for reaching young people. The first one is through user organizations and user networks. I think this is the most effective and the quickest way because through social media channels, whenever we wanted to share something social, uh, whenever when we wanted to announce something, we couldn't achieve much more reach because you know social media channels they are restricting their algorithms, they are restricting uh, reach. Uh, organic reach so they require always uh, advertisements in order to reach much more people and so we take that into consideration and we are using uh, use networks and user organizations in sharing our uh, announcements so we are just talking to those use organizations that if you want to be a partner uh, for our initiative let's just support us in spreading it in your uh, networks in your uh, channels way do you have an access to database of those young people so the quickest way of course it's use organizations and use networks i have connections with them over the, for a long time because when i was a student i was involved in different volunteering projects so i could have those connections since um, student years the second one is about um, our personal connections, for example, I know one person who is very active but he is not a member of his organizations, but he is quite popular, he is influencer, uh, he has a huge uh, database and audience of young people, so i also of course uh, asking when, whenever i'm asking for some support i'm trying to give something to that person because i strongly believe that only win-win partnership can be sustainable can be long-lasting so the second one is through influencers the third one is uh, about our own friends our own colleagues students they are sharing the, whenever they see something useful something different and whenever we are doing with our team members uh, it's quite unique for our communities because, you know, in Azerbaijan, uh, every, every, all even young people, we want to change this mindset. Even young people, whenever they see something uh, among different groups and organizations, they want to copy paste it exactly and to present it to the same audience. They don't want to create something new and additionally valuable for uh, audiences and communities. And whenever we are doing people, thing is that it's quite new, it's completely different and unique. We want to support you because uh, all, you know, not so many people in Azerbaijan, they are caring about doing something. And I think when uh, you are creating a strong reputation with the quality of everything you do, people will support you always. So I think the third one is also about word of mouth through our friends, through our uh, acquaintances, through our relatives, through our colleagues... Ex colleagues and so on. I think uh, these three um, like channels they have been very useful for us. Of course, we're also using social media. Uh, social media we cannot be without social media in social entrepreneurship because our customers, our beneficiaries, they are all using social media channels. But if uh, I will compare the effectiveness of the ways we could attract the members, uh, we could attract the participants. For our social projects. Firstly, it's uh, from our uh, like partner user organization and use networks. The second one is influencers and friends. The third one is word of mouth. I think word of mouth is quite popular in all countries, in Azerbaijan especially because in Azerbaijan, whenever people they see something uh, in a high quality, they would recommend it to everyone.
0: So thank you so much for sharing this. Um, this is my last questions for you. Do you have any messages for young women um, who want to start their social enterprise? I would just to share this
1: important message to women that whenever they want to start something, they should ask this question why they want to start it. Because, uh, especially in Azerbaijan, I don't know how it is in other countries, when we are seeing that our colleagues, our friends, they want to start their businesses, when it becomes very trendy, very popular, uh, they also want to start it, even without knowing the reason behind of these uh, wants and needs. And they think that they will be also uh, this, uh, successful at as, as the same level as their friends or colleagues who started those businesses. I will tell you that this approach is not relevant for 21st century because when we know exactly why we want to do that, when we, connect, we can connect our personal stories with everything we do for other people, when we know why people should buy from us, why people should uh, be with us, When we know exact answers in simple messages, we can deliver it in a simple way to our audiences and our audiences will be much more loyal to us. So the first... Uh, message is to start with the answer to the question why because only this answer will keep us during crisis situations it will it will be the strongest fundament for everything we do it's not only about starting the businesses it's also about starting a career in a huge company about education abroad or starting a charity activity everything it connects with every aspect of our life the second one is being persistent no even if you don't have any knowledge if you don't have any skills, if you don't have any experience or connections but persistence will be the most important factor in creating the success stories in any industry because the self-discipline and the persistence, it's much more stronger than having the talents. If we can compare one a painter who has some talents but he is lazy, he is not working every day with a painter who doesn't have this talent, but he's learning he's trying to do his best to learn that he's every single day he's making the small steps so in every success stories there have been the moments when people they wanted to give up but but they didn't give up because they had the answer to the question why and they made the small steps every single day towards these goals. So, whenever we have goals for long term, uh, our life becomes much more uh, meaningful, much more impactful for us and for others too. And the third one is about being stronger than public opinion's pressure, being stronger than negative aspects, negative events in our lives, because it will always happen and it makes us stronger and never believe to others uh, who tell you that you will never achieve anything in your life because this words it can be a huge motivation for you to work on yourself much harder to follow the trends to gain new skills and life is too short to complain about something life is full of opportunities and when we are switching our mindset from negative to positive, we can see those opportunities around ourselves, despite living in any other countries. Of course, the countries, because of governmental or political systems, they can offer different opportunities for young people, for women. but. The world is not only consisting of the country we are living in. It's much more globalized. It's much more integrated. So if we we can use all the resources we have in our hands in an effective way, with the right mindset, with the right approach, we can achieve any goals, we can achieve any successes in our industries.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today and have a wonderful day.